Welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show! Greetings, Minivan Mafia! Lauren and I are longtime friends from Chicagoland that love getting together to chat about life, kids, family, and beer. Each week, we'll feature a brewery and sample at least two of their beers. We'll also discuss a variety of topics ranging from parenting, pop culture, travel, marriage, and just about anything else that comes to mind. Welcome back, everybody, for another episode with us. We're really excited about this one. We have a special guest, Jeremy from Lagunitas, um, is with us, but, you know, still in California, where I'm We're sure all it's in my our own in place. Chicago. We're in our own little bubbles, but uh, we're <laughs> going to be drinking together and learning about Lagunitas and Jeremy, and we're going to start with their new line, the Disorderly Tea House, and we're starting with mixed up berries spiked and sparkling tea i will mispronounce that so guy yeah why don't you tell us how to say it jeremy (laughs) excellent so uh the the word there is guayusa guayusa i'm gonna practice guayusa uh it does have a a really cute little usa in the middle of it so it's a It's it's a patriotic tea, but it's actually <laughs> not really a tea. It's a it's a tree that grows in the Ecuadorian uh, rainforest. Oh. oh, okay, cool. To be a tea, it has to be in the Camilla sinensis family. So that's just the botanical order of what is considered your traditional teas. Uh, but it, you know, let's face it, it's got all the attributes of tea. It's got the flavor and. And uh, people have been drinking it for, for years, especially the uh, indigenous peoples of Ecuador. Uh, and it's okay. relatively mm-hmm. unknown uh, in the world. Okay. Yeah, I awesome. had definitely never heard of it, um, but it is definitely tea flavored. I really like the fact that you can taste the tea to it. Um, yeah, good, I mean, they're like blackberry. Sometimes. What kind of berry do we got here? It tastes yeah, a little Yeah, I think black you're right. Berry. Raspberry and blackberry. But I get blackberry maybe a little bit more on the forefront. It's mm-hmm. got the thing about it is, and I've had a little bit of hard tea, especially now because I knew we were going to have this episode. <laughs> but um, um, what I like about this is it's actually the smell. It actually smells like tea. Mm-hmm. Whereas sometimes when you're drinking the hard teas, it just smells like sweetness or corn syrup or whatever's in it that's making it taste sweet whatever flavoring is in it um and this you get a little bit of both so I get the fruity smell but I also get the I sense that the tea leaf smell absolutely uh and you're spot on too there's no uh corn in this Uh, a lot of things are made from corn and and unfortunately in uh in our country that means uh GMO so uh, Mm -hmm. I wanted to avoid all that stuff and have kind of a a wholesome product and you're you're spot on about noting uh, the tea is very genuine and very authentic in this. Um, a little bit more about uh, Guayusa. Uh, you already mentioned it's grown in the Ecuadorian rainforest and it's kind of a kindred plant to yerba mate, which is something we've all heard of or, or that we enjoy. Uh, yerba mate is typically traditionally smoke dried and Guayusa is um, 
uh, sun-dried, so there's no smokiness. And the attributes, which I feel shine uh, a lot more, uh, you get more of the tea character out of the mixed up berries. Uh, this was the first one uh, we ever created about um, three years ago, or right before the onset of the pandemic was when we oh. put this in our tap room. Hmm. And the guayusa I describe as uh, rich, supple, unaffordable leather. leather. So the, the store you walk into and say, this isn't going to work out for me, but you know, <laughs> I really like how it smells in here. Yes. Uh, yeah, sure. A little bit of pipe tobacco or rich, moist uh, tobacco. Obviously there's no tobacco, no nicotine, but it's got that kind of, that kind of smell. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, it's very herbal. Uh, yeah. if, you, if you notice, it's got a lot of just pleasantries. And the reason it's coming out so natural is uh, this is not made from an extract or a concentrate or an essence. We are brewing the tea uh, here in our brewery, but, you know, brewers are brewing the tea mm. uh, and it's, you know, a big pain. I was say, they felt, must love that. <laughs> oh yeah. Lo love in quotes. Um, <laughs> right. But you generally find uh, as is the case with cooking, uh, the more, you know, tedious it is, the more rewarding it can be. And the same thing is, of course, true in brewing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you definitely get the, that herbalness to the aroma for sure. I mean, if you'd like tea, this is definitely, um, you know, I have some friends who really like they drink tea instead of coffee. I'm the opposite. I drink coffee instead of tea. But um, <laughs> this is lends itself very well to something different that I haven't really experienced in an alcoholic beverage before. Um, you know, it's not like a seltzer. It's not really like the other no seltzer talk. teas. <laughs> it's not really like the other teas that are on the market. Um, at least that I've tried, maybe one exists out there, but this truly is more of a tea versus I feel like some of the ones that are out on the market are saying they're a tea, but they're more like a, like a sweet tea, um, which is a very different flavor than an actual herbal tea is. Um, very true. Yeah. Uh, this is not sweet. Uh, it does, uh, you know, we like to pick on seltzer, so I'll get in on that with you guys. <laughs> I think they kind of, uh, they don't have a, a, a soul. And <laughs> the same uh, large market players that make those seltzers do make uh, hard teas. And almost always, as, as you noticed or, or noted, they are overly sweet, whether mm. or not that's from uh, real sugar or uh, some sort of sugar substitute. substitute. Mm -hmm. And then they are almost all, all universally from, from black tea. So black tea is your, that's your commodity product. Mm. You know, you go into a restaurant, I just want a nice tea. That's going to be black tea. Right. Um, and then furthermore, they're going to be made from uh, some kind of a concentrate. You know, they're not in their facilities with those tea leaves, you know, <laughs> making tea. Grinding uh, and steeping and all of that. They're just pouring in some concentrate into a vat, probably. De definitely not. And we live in an interesting time in uh, beverages in general. So in BevAlk, there's something going on that's being dubbed the Great Convergence. So uh. that's like everything mixing with everything else, the blurring of the lines, if you will. Uh, but if you look at, uh, at, at non-alk and just beverages in general, uh, we live in a pretty adventurous time, right? Like, uh, like mushroom coffee, for instance. Oh, you, sure. you, can, you can now get a, a coffee substitute that's entirely uh, made from mushrooms and they're actually not bad. Huh. Uh, so why Guayusa? It was, well, let's take something that people maybe haven't heard of 
um, and let's get ahead of it because people will will be hearing of it. You know, this this right. will be common in a few more years uh, because it has a great flavor. Um, yeah, it does yeah. definitely. I'm not, and Lauren said it as well. Not much of a tea drinker. I do enjoy a nice cup of tea, especially we like on a cold day. You know, where you want something that's going to warm you up. And coffee might be not right in the situation if you're worried about caffeine or something like that. Um, and I like the idea of, of it tasting natural and, and not overly sweetened. And I don't put like, when I drink tea, I don't put sugar in it. I don't even put sugar in tea. I know people do, you know, but, mm -hmm. but I like this idea because you do get a little bit just of a sweetness just from the berry flavor and that's your sweetness rather than putting a bunch of sugar in it mm -hmm. um the other thing i do actually really like about this and then we'll have to ask jeremy some questions about jeremy <laughs> um and uh, move on from tea but i like the carbonation to it again some other yeah. competitors in the market are very flat to me um and so that taste really doesn't do anything for my taste buds as much it's just a very flat kind of um, drink that is really kind of like an alcoholic sweet tea is what a lot of them remind me of, which is fine if that's what you're looking for. But this really um, just is a different flavor and then also a different mouthfeel to it because it's got that carbonation, right. which is a nice combination between the, the tea, the little bit of sweetness from the berries, and then that carbonation just makes for a really well-rounded um, you know, sip when you're taking it, in, in my opinion. So I, I do actually really enjoy it. Well, bubbles serve as excellent vehicles to bring uh, aromas mm. you know, mm -hmm. up and, and deliver them out of the glass. So being beer brewers, uh, we're very, you know, beer, beer uh, flat beer's not really that fun. Right, and we yeah. definitely had a... <laughs> Right, uh, it's it's typically one of the most common ways to put put down a beer is call it flat. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, people don't drink carbonated teas when they go to a restaurant and you order a nice tea. Uh, and we thought about it, and we thought about it a lot, and we tried it still, uh, or or you know, not carbonated, and those flavors just weren't jumping as hard, and it just became alive uh, with just a little bit of of, of carbonation. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I think that the carbonation in this specific beverage is kind of a little nice uh, carryover from like beer and even, God forbid, seltzer. People who do drink seltzer are going to see this carbonated tea and they're going to think, oh, it's carbonated though. So, you know, maybe I'll like it because I like seltzer. And that may inspire them to take that step and try that. Um, and I think, like you said, I think it enhances it Absolutely. I absolutely love the idea of it being carbonated. But I think for like, when you're talking about beer drinkers and other people that are drinking alcohol, that's a very like, they're going to jump on it for that reason. It broadens your market base. Absolutely. Some of those definitely. Things. So that's great. Well, I'm going to continue drinking this, but why don't we, uh, Jeremy, tell us a little bit about your just origin story in the industry or with Lagunitas yeah. or how did you get to kind of where you're, you're at now? What was your, your starting point? Right. I'll try to be very 
uh, I'll try to condense a little <laughs> bit. Uh, it is an interesting time of year because in about four days, I'll be coming up on my 19 year uh, wow. anniversary. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. I, uh, people think I'm just this like California guy. And uh, I did live a big part of my life in Chicago when we built that brewery. Okay. Uh, and 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 learned how to how to properly pronounce the the letter a like you know salad <laughs> and saw that long a sausage you know I, it becomes infectious and you start to to talk that way when you you've been there a long time uh, but I'm originally from uh, from Tennessee oh okay um, I'm a transplant and uh, I was a home brewer like many craft brewers mm -hmm. and I was uh, living in a in a landscape of uh, the early days of craft beer, when I would say the, the, the labels were more adventurous and attractive than the liquid in them. Mm -hmm. uh, so this, um, <laughs> breweries that I really looked up to, uh, when I was a home brewer were, were, um, oddly all ones from the, the Western wall. So that was my attraction okay. to come West, but, uh, breweries like Rogue, uh, Stone, yeah. uh, uh, Deschutes, uh, Anchor mm. was a really big one. Uh, Anchor Brewing Liberty Ale. Uh, they're they're in uh, San Francisco, mm -hmm. uh, and it was Fritz Maytag um, kind of rescued this brewery and became one of the early uh, uh, fathers. And that was the first beer I had ever had that had been dry hopped. Mm -hmm. And I remember sure, yeah. a distinctly new uh, experience. Like 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 there's an expression in Northern California. It comes more from the weed people, but it's the nose nose. Mm -hmm. It's saying, you know, if something smells really alluring and, mm -hmm. and mysterious, then, then, then it must be good, right? And mm -hmm. there was just something about that beer, and I didn't know what dry hopping was. Mm -hmm. uh, and that led me into uh, home, home brewing and dry hopping my, my, uh, my home brews. And that home brewing led me into looking up where are beer schools, oddly sure. enough, right next to two places where we have breweries. So one was in UC Davis, California, yep. about an hour from... Petaluma, where, where uh, uh, Lagunillas, California is. And then the other one is in Siebel mm -hmm. in yep. Chicago. Uh, but because I was in Tennessee, I was like, um, well, if it, that doesn't seem like, a, I, you know, any excuse to go to California uh, <laughs> and, and move there and was just completely, I mean, Davis is like, it's, it's hard to describe. It's one, another one of those fairy tale places where there's more bicycles than there are cars. And it's mm -hmm. was generally kind of frowned upon even in early 2000, oh. to, to drive your car anywhere. Oh, um, wow, okay. I remember I, I was kind of like into being fit then, and uh, <laughs> I, I went and bought some weights for lifting weights, and they are like, well, you have to get those on your bicycle. So I remember oh. this really uh, <laughs> interesting weights. bicycle ride oh, holding two dumbbells on the handlebars, uh, <laughs> and no one even batted an eye. No one even thought that that was unusual because you're just oh, fitting in. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. Um, and then found Lagunitas through, uh, actually, my, my roommate uh, there was from uh, Berkeley. And he said, oh, there's this really crazy brewery. You'll fit right in there. What are you saying? They're all just like, uh, they just listen to heavy metal and punk rock and everyone there's a misfit you'll love it and I was like oh what what, what are you trying to say and um thank you yeah, yeah I think but, and he convinced me to uh to come over with uh some other uh brew school buddies and we just like showed up unannounced and the person um 
uh, had like so many piercings, I couldn't even tell what was going on, who greeted us and their hair was dyed into what I would describe, they look like kind of a skunk. Okay. Um, hopefully she's not listening because that's not, that doesn't sound very nice, but I mean, you know, I mean, a it lot was of, the early nineties. So, you know, we all of, had questionable uh, things. Then. There was a lot of like jet black uh, juxtaposed against, you know, white as a sheet of paper, white, and then <laughs> okay. a crazy haircut where it was going every which way. Uh, and then the, uh, she brought us back to tour, tour the, uh, the brewers and it was very uh, wild and wooly. Um, mm. And they were just, uh, characters right um and i was like yeah this could be fun yeah uh, so i wrote a letter to the owner at a time when i realized might have been the last time that i think he opened up his mail uh <laughs> the owner's name was tony tony mcgee right yeah tony mcgee and i realized he later that he might might not have been opening up his mail because it was all bills yeah right. and or letters was a struggle <laughs> i mean it was Every little penny was a struggle. Sure. Every little barrel out the door was a struggle. Uh, and I got to live that life. And I'm very thankful that I did because uh, as craft brewing kind of went through what I would describe as a renaissance period where everyone be kind of became successful and it became like a, uh, it kind of grew up. It became like a, a real uh, industry with like, you know, mature, uh, that kind of happened 2008 through 2014 that's when like the everybody grew like crazy and all of a sudden it wasn't just this like thing where a bunch of uh punky kids did their big homebrew mm -hmm. it was like oh my god there's real money moving in and obviously sure. we lived yeah uh, part of that story too but you know you guys are in chicago we we all remember goose island it was like mm -hmm. that was the eye-opening uh moment where we were like oh that's where this industry is going to go. That's how yeah. the story is going to evolve. But before then, you know, uh, there, there was not a lot of, uh, it, it was just, you know, hopes, dreams, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and a, and a lot of passion. And no one ever did this to, uh, to, get, to get rich. So sure. um, right. I kind of lived a lot of different, uh, I feel like I worked at a lot of different uh, breweries through those nearly two decades of of uh of Lagunitas and it's 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 been kind of a blur ever since I, my my early memories of moving to Davis are more crisp than what it was like when I started working at Lagunitas <laughs> uh, because then it was just like uh really uh really crazy yeah uh, and we were a crazy brewery I mean there's stories about us and sometimes the stories get embellished and you know we we, we liked to have a good time and we liked to uh extend a bear hug from us around all of our, our 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 fans and friends and we never looked at them as like consumers we couldn't tell you what a what a target audience was we didn't have any of that like marketing speak uh -huh. um it was really just all about uh getting together and 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 having a good time and the only rules were you can't cause anyone else to have a bad time you That's know that was rule. like the most important rule yeah yeah, yeah. I, I found this also useful in parenting oh you know, yeah that's when a good, dealing that's... with a wild and wooly toddler or a, or a four-year-old <laughs> or a five-year-old mm -hmm. uh you know ex explaining to them um about hey you can go nuts and you're going to because you're like a little tasmanian devil right uh, but you know be conscientious of your body be aware of what you're uh, what you're doing when you ram into your your so-called friend next to you who's now crying sure. Um, right. 
you know, little things. Yeah, I actually, it's funny that you say that because I was thinking with my kids, I have two boys and they're almost 11 and eight. And what happens with them a lot is one, they'll be play fighting or goofing off or doing whatever, and one will get hurt, but it'll be by accident. And the other one will just start like yelling at him. And I'm like, no, you should just ask him if he's okay and say, I'm sorry, you got hurt. And he's like, why would I apologize? It was an accident. And that kind of goes back to what you're saying. Well, yeah, but the idea is to be mindful and to understand that, you know, when something does happen to someone else, it's okay for you to be concerned about it without feeling like they're blaming you for it. You know, it wasn't malicious, but all of us need to be aware of how our actions, whether they be words or physical affect the people around us, which I think is a great just takeaway in life that all of us affects everyone around us. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I made some allusions to craft beer, just being grown up homebrew. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, it really, really is. I mean, you step into these small breweries and you see a, a, a scummy, dirty blow off bucket hooked up to a little mm-hmm. fermenter. And that's like what we had going on in our glass carboys. But when it comes to kids, you know, uh, grown ups are just grown up kids. Um, <laughs> I mean, look at our uh, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. But when I look at what goes on in our uh, our, our political parties, I'm like, wow this really is, has not gone much beyond the playground dynamics. It's just grade school. Yep. Totally. It is. You don't have to go that way, but I (laughs) often find myself saying, why is everyone being such a child? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. We we agree. (laughs) I find myself saying that more often than almost anything else. (laughs) Well, a wise man once told me you, 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 you grow up once, but you can be immature a lifetime. Absolutely. (laughs) That's, that's, very true yeah I, I yeah I don't I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up so I'm just kind of mm-hmm. biding my time at this point and, and just enjoying. crunching numbers for the time so, being it's like hanging out <laughs> and figuring things out and I uh you know I get to play you work you you know you don't play to work you work to play I guess so sure. you can enjoy our time when we aren't doing pretend pretend adulting <laughs> so but okay cool so you've yeah. pretty much been with Lagunitas all of your industry career at least for the most part for, for brewing I had a brief stint as a terrestrial archaeologist which was actually a really fun job but it involved working outside and getting a lot of ticks and uh, oh. I don't, I don't like, I don't like blood sucking parasites. I, yeah. I, I could be unique there, but uh, it really no, think so. bothers me. <laughs> uh, so I, I moved into brewing because of uh, bugs. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I could yeah. see myself feeling the exact same way about that. Yeah. That I would think something was interesting and then I would be like, oh, there's kind of a lot of bugs here. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to pass. <laughs> no, that's not my. Like no, sleeping outside. I'm not going to do that. I mean, I, I like camping, but my version of camping is not the real version of camping. It might right. be glamping, I'm thinking. It's, something yeah. Something more like it's that would be acceptable. Much, much more. Much, we have air conditioning and power, so really. Oh, not, yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> okay, that's so glamping. That doesn't right. count as camping. So I can get away from the bugs if needed. But um, all right. Well, that's awesome. Do What was the first beer that you really took the lead on brewing at Lagunitas. Uh, yeah, I remember this very well. It was called Im- Imperial Red Ale. Okay. And uh, I, I remember 
thinking in my head that uh, uh, Tony had this little thing where I, I, I thought he might be a control freak about the recipes because he did treat them like they were sacred. It was like, it, it was like this, these were re religious tomes when you were holding <laughs> mm. a stack of recipes. Uh, but he was actually very, very receptive. Uh, but I was saying like, hey, you know, we've got like malts in some of these older recipes that like they don't make anymore. The maltsters mm. don't produce these and you have Aroica hops here. And, uh, and you know, I like the farmers don't farm those anymore. Um, and so I said, you know, have you thought about some of these, uh, some of these newer hops? And at the time, the, 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 the two glamour boys, you know, the, the equivalent of the, uh, of the Justin Bieber of hops uh, were uh, Amarillo and uh, Simcoe, you know, that's changed um, a little bit now. Now we live in a time of, you know, Citra, Mosaic, mm, Strata, there's, there's always yeah. going to be new hot hops coming. Sure. But at this time, um, uh, Amarillo was kind of new and he was receptive. And so we uh, popped that in there. And this was a very, uh, very multi hoppy, rich, sticky, resinous uh, uh, red ale. And it went well. Um, and it became kind of uh, like a re reoccurring release. And I remember being uh, real happy. And right at the same time, some of those early uh, like social sites had come out like rape beer and Beer advocates. Okay. I always remember that was really, really hard because craft beer's greatest tragedy is that it was once fresh. So you can make this delicious beer and you can work at that brewery and you know what that beer is supposed to taste like. And yes, you're drinking that beer when it's less than a week old. But what you don't realize is by the time it's getting uh, going through the distribution network and, and getting all of its way out to say, you know, somewhere in New York. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, that's where uh, a beer advocate was more of, a, of an East Coast thing. Rate beer was more of a West Coast thing. Then, you know, all of a sudden a consumer would get a, an older one and, and leave a harsh review. And so you kind of uh, just like a, a chef, you have to have a little bit of a of a thick skin and realize that no one's right or wrong. Um, but, you know, beer, especially craft beer, does have a flavor uh, stability uh, thing and that it, it really, really helps to take care of it and to drink it fresh, right? Mm -hmm. And that's something we Definitely, all, right? all the breweries, all the craft breweries mm -hmm. uh, deal with. And then we've noted, you know, if there's a few styles that it doesn't apply to as much, like uh, sours, you know, mm -hmm. those guys tend to get uh, uh, not fall apart uh, flavor-wise with time. So you can cellar them and age them. Uh, similarly with barrel-aged beers, you know, they're already yeah. old. So you know, if something's already old, it, it doesn't really hurt it to get, you know, old again. <laughs> it's like the difference between a, a 85 year old person and a 90 year there. They're both, that's both sounding pretty old, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That, that is, you know, one of the downfalls of so much access to the internet and media and, and things is that they're like I never look on like untapped I never look no. on those things like because there's so many people who go and rate beers that either they don't like because they don't like the style and they mm -hmm. try something and you're like well you knew you wouldn't like this right. so why are you even rating it um you know when I when Kara and I look at beers and we drink different we highlight a different brewery every time you know whether we like it or not is important to us but realistically it's is it does it taste like it's described so i might hate peanut butter but if this says it's a peanut butter chocolate milk stout and it tastes sure. like peanut butter and chocolate then it's doing what it 
was set out to do. If you're picking something up and you rate it and you're like, this is horrible, but I hate peanut butter. Well, that's not the beer's fault. That's your fault for doing that. Um, Also, I do feel like, you know, we're in a ton of different beer groups on different socials and whatnot. um, And people drink old beer and then complain that it doesn't taste right. Well, you cannot drink an IPA in nine months and expect it to taste like it did when it was canned. Like, it's just not... That's not reasonable, but I think feel like people need to be more educated in some of those shelf lives of things and how to properly store and when to drink things. And obviously, yes, it definitely tastes best fresh. Actually, most cans nowadays say enjoy, enjoy fresh. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully yeah. people will listen to that. <laughs> you know, the only IPA that I have that's over nine months old is a bottle of Lagunitas IPA that has the Cubs W on it. Because oh, I was man, able to snag one of those. One of those. Well, <laughs> so my husband works there. for a yeah. liquor store. And so I just was like, just go through all the. <laughs> I go, go through, through all the, the boxes and find me one with a W. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was classic Tony McGee. That was his idea. That was oh. good. I liked um, it. <laughs> and, you know, he is a Chicago native. So building the, the uh-huh. Chicago brewery uh, for him was, was kind of like a returning home. Oh, right. And okay. That cub, that Cubs thing was such a big deal. And that was definitely a naughty, you know, thing to do because all it is, is a blue W. Uh, there's right. no, it's, it's nothing else. There's nothing, uh, it's not uh, you know, different but it's, in any other way. <laughs> it's not different in any other way. And, um, and, and he, <laughs> I, I'll never forget, you know, the look on the, the packaging line, uh, you know, I want you to, um, take this stack and I want you to deal it into the, then the label, Randomly. the labeler's got a stack of labels like two feet long. Oh, you know? I'm sure. Right. Yeah. And, and I want you to randomly, you know, deal this in like a deck of cards. I'm like, <laughs> you want me to do what? Um, I know that must've been terrible. <laughs> yeah. But that's a, you know, at this point, that's a collector's item. I don't think anyone's uh, uh, going to drink that. Hopefully not. So yeah, no, I, no. I will not be, it will stay forever. <laughs> I will be buried with it. <laughs> That's possible. I don't know, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So let's open another one of these, um, and then we can carry on our conversation. Talk a little bit more about the tea, if you'd like. I know we talked, you gave a good introduction of of the general, you know, origin. uh, But if you have more to say, by all means, uh, share more. We're going to open. Lemon squeeze. Yes. You know, we were talking before about somebody, uh, you know, maybe reviewing something poorly because uh, it didn't taste like what their expectation was, right? So that is a good point. But one interesting thing about this is there is no expectation. Consumers aren't coming. The only expectation is tea, right? Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. They don't have an expectation of Guayusa because Guayusa is not uh, a mainstream. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So we're really, uh, uh, we're really kind of taking a leap of faith here that we feel that people are more adventurous now than they've ever been. And they might be willing to be open to new things and new experiences. Um, so the, the, the yuzu is a familiar thing, but then we even got told like, you know, it's like, that's like the hipster of all the citrus fruit, right? <laughs> you know, it's, you, you know, the standard lemon that you get when you get an iced tea. Uh, it, it's so standard, no one even knows what the name of it is, which I, I believe it's known as a Lisbon lemon. I looked it up. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, and, and, and you know, it's so, it's so uh, 
uh, ubiquitous. We we didn't even know the name. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the yuzu is a is a special lemon. It is a hipster lemon. Um, it, I think it's from Japan, and it's known for the fact that it has relatively little juice and quite a bit of uh, pith and rind. So you you get that in this, and this is you'll get a little bit more flavor intensity out of this than the previous, or at least I do. Yeah, I think aroma, it came off a little bit stronger for me. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Not to go so far as to say it was more shocking because that's way mm -hmm. too strong of a word, but it was definitely a stronger aroma mm -hmm. uh, than the berries. It's more and, intense. Yeah. Maybe that's, that's better. Intense word. is a good word. <laughs> intense, yeah. yeah. And yeah. flavor-wise, I think that you get you get a little bit more between the balance of the two flavors where you're talking about like a fruit flavor and a tea flavor, I think I get just a little bit more of the, of the lemon and the tea is a little bit lighter flavor. Whereas with the berry, I feel like you kind of get a, they compete with each other very pretty evenly. I think this one, you just, it edges it out just a little bit. And it's uh, probably that, just because it's a strong flavor. Usually, that's a valid yeah. uh, assessment the same amount of tea is is used we think we love we love to think in terms of our hops and like a good ipa is going to have minimum like two pounds per barrel mm -hmm. uh so of course when it was like hey how much uh, uh tea do we use well we talked to some uh some ecuadorians who prepare this tea for for their na uh, their native uh ceremonies typically used for family meetings and even uh ceremonial things and we got the dosage rate and we were like wow that works out really close to our hops, that's like two pounds per barrel. So we got the same amount of tea in both of these, but oh. the tea flavors kind of the natural herbal tobacco leather jumps out a little bit more from the, the berry and mm -hmm. a little bit less from the, the yuzu because of that intensity of that flavor. And we are trying to say uh, to someone who's a little bit more, um, uh, I don't wanna say that they're someone who drinks those uh, uh, soulless fruity seltzers, we're, we're, <laughs> but we are trying to, I mean, I straight up get from the Yuzu one, I get like, um, I probably shouldn't say name brand, but we'll say uh, fruity children's cereals mm -hmm. that are covered with mm -hmm. sugar that um, <laughs> we as adults probably get, uh, don't want our kids uh, to be jonesing for all the time. Yeah, right? sure. <laughs> Any of that type of thing, so. Hmm. Yeah, the only time I've ever heard of Yuzu before was actually... Um, in a CBD oil that we, me and my husband <laughs> take, and it was a yuzu flavored. And I had never, ever seen yuzu anywhere as a flavoring besides that until this. So CBD and Lagunitas tea is the two places I've had yuzu so far. So <laughs> you're really letting me down that you, you don't dine at a, a linea every night. Cause I, feel I know, like, I know. I, yes. I feel like uh, yuzu <laughs> is one of those things that, uh, uh, the the they're they're uh, super charismatic and crazy chef. I feel like that's like something that they would use there. Or that is that is fair. I believe I when I went to to Roca, they had a dessert that was a purple like a a vegetable that had something yuzu with it on the oh. side. So that might be the only other time, but it was in a food. Um, I'll have to, I'll have to I can't say that. I have any yuzu experience. <laughs> this would be it. This is all. Well, it's, well you got to start somewhere. Right. Yeah, there you a, go. It's yeah, a good <laughs> intro into. I mean, it. now that seltzer is kind of like the bubble has popped, mm -hmm. and um, all of the uh, big macro seltzer 
folks are kind of clamoring to figure out like what they're going to do. And, and it used to just be like, we're going to be just black cherry. We're going to be mango. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, all the weird flavors are coming. Have you guys noticed this in the, I feel like we're not far for, we're going to start seeing some, some, uh, some yuzu out there from. The yeah. Food. I wouldn't be yeah. totally shocked. Yeah. I mean, they're getting weird. There's like, you know, toasted marshmallow and there's right. some, yeah, yeah, there's some very different. They yeah. They were just like grapefruit and lime. Spice. Yeah, well, oh they make God, pumpkin spice give... everything, right? so that's Please, not no even. <laughs> Ugh, I know, right? Like it Just had that. to be like it could get worse, and then they yeah, came out I... with that. The yeah. mandatory coffee around Halloween, I can do that one. I... Yeah. but I'm <laughs> sure. not a big. I'm not a fan of the pumpkin uh, beer thing. Oh, oh we're no. not. We're actually not fans of pumpkin spice anything, so we're not. No. not jumping on we that do... bandwagon. I think we did a pumpkin beer episode. I think we did, did we a pumpkin one? beer episode. And we were both but... just like, well, we're just going to give this a try. And they were like, they ran the gamut. Like there was one that was like really like vegetable, like <laughs> just not an appealing flavor in beer. And then there was one that was just like sweet, like what you would think a latte would taste like if they poured it into a beer. And it was just so weird. Such yeah. a weird thing. And the sad <laughs> thing about that is the one that was perceived as uh, overly vegetable. That was probably the one that was made like the most home brewer. You you're know, probably like, right. With, yeah. with actual pumpkins and lots of them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, probably. you're probably right because they didn't dump a bunch of chemicals in it to make it. I mean, taste it's like a squash. Pumpkin. When did have we heard of zucchini beers and squash oh, that's beers? Interesting. And, right it's a squash I not, yeah it, it is it's the same family i feel like maybe 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 next down the line jeremy See, i'm still we'll waiting get... for uh onion saison that, our... ooh, ooh, ooh. that sounds crazy yeah well what yeah give try us, it though give us your craziest like what combination would you yeah, think would, would you actually make? make a great but very unusual flavors together of beer um I guess I'll, I'll, I'll be giving stuff away that I've done that I, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but, but okay. um, can say something you've done, something unusual that we've done. And in fact, the first seltzer that Lagunitas ever made and sold at our tap room years and years and years ago, uh, was, uh, uh, cherry and turmeric. Oh, okay. Tumor. And that's a nice combo. I feel like it, the, this is more where the cannabis industry is at with their, uh, beverages they go into the realm of the the arcane and they're doing kind of things like that some of the uh some of the players in there uh, i once was trying to design a beer to see if i could give the cfo a heart attack so <laughs> it was um it was going to be uh, sh- uh black truffles oh man and uh Oh, I'm trying to think. It was like the most expensive everything that you have. To, Every oh, I got it ingredient. I, I yeah. <laughs> it was black truffle and Spanish saffron. Oof. And I was going to figure out how to like age it on gold doubloons. Oh my gosh. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember like filling out That's a awesome. little uh, Excel spreadsheet and, and trying to not be doing this sound. <clears throat> yeah, right. Yeah. I presented it. Acting um, serious. <laughs> yeah, and and of course I, I biffed and I let one out and then he said, "Get out of here." Um, <laughs> See, that's, that would be that's very what you propose, and yeah. then you suggest the thing you really want to make. You know, yeah. so that well, what if I just do this then, and then you shoot that out there? And oh, I like that. Oh, yeah, that's less crazy. The decoy, like, well, yeah. I, I have this one that 
is clocking in at three thousand dollars a barrel. Uh, but now, now, what do you think about this other one over here that's only two hundred? Exactly. Yeah, that's classic, how you get that uh, one made. Yeah, yeah, and uh, all craft brewers um, uh, typically will have a moment where they're going to be called out for uh, making making beers that are too expensive because it's kind of our mm -hmm. thing. It, 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 it really is. And you find the same type of thinking with um, uh, crazy chefs, you know, sure, yeah. yeah, you know, there, there's something to be said for the mantra crap in equals crap out. Absolutely. Right. So you, you do really want to vet quality ingredients. And, you know, if you're, if you're a Epicurean type and you like to cook, you're, you're, you're probably not going with the, the, the bottom of the barrel for all of mm -hmm. your ingredients. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, you're just yeah. probably not. Yeah. I mean, even when my husband grills, like he's not going to jewel, he's going to the meat market, you know, like, sure. yeah. Um, you know, you gotta want to get in order to make a good thing, whether that's food or I bake my husband cooks or beer or whatever it is, you know, you've got to start with quality in order to end with quality. So. You just have me randomly thinking about cooking uh, <laughs> with disorderly tea house. Um, oh. And then, uh, and then I thought, well, uh, I need to try that. So I have nothing yeah. to offer other than I'll get back to you. <laughs> All right. Uh, but it did make me think about food pairings and uh, yeah. we haven't really, because now you, you girls are making me so hungry <laughs> um, all of a sudden. I just wanted to mention that uh, both Disorderly Tea Houses pair extremely well with um, kind of pan uh, American Asian fusion and really anything oh, yeah, like, okay. like Thai or sushi. Mm. It goes okay. amazing with, uh, with sushi. Okay. Um, oh, they really, really, really work. And I really, really much prefer them to the types of beer that you would normally get at a at a yeah. sushi place and, mm -hmm. and i don't want to knock on i'm not a i'm not the biggest like lager beer fan yeah. um sure and 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 and, and you know maybe a lager does go well with a, a nice set of rolls mm -hmm. uh, but if you then have those same rolls with one of these uh teas you're gonna find you get so much more uh dynamic interaction with the flavors oh. I'm I'm gonna have to save some in my fridge for yeah. um for for sushi. I love sushi. I try and eat sushi at least once a week. Um, my eight-year-olds will now eat it with me, so they're <laughs> oh, branching awesome. out into You've new crossed food a new page realm. there. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Um, but I will definitely have to try that. I'm I'm a big fan. That sounds my uh, my five-year-old. I realize he eats nine things that are all analogs of the same thing so pizza yeah. cheese quesadilla grills grilled cheese grilled sandwich cheese. cheese ravioli i realized everything is a starch and a cheese every single yeah. thing they're yeah, all 100 the right even yeah. macaroni and cheese it's like the macaroni same macaroni and cheese yep yeah. uh, that's on the list yeah just yeah you can eat and them, cheese. they can get a chicken nugget every once in a while it's like i a keep blessing. waiting <laughs> I keep waiting for this adventurous um, branching out of the taste bud because you know when they're when they're really little, right? When they mm -hmm. first start eating food, uh, I think they're they're more adventurous then than yes. they are like a few years later. I, I would totally yeah. agree. Yeah, my so I have I have twins that are eight, and they are polar opposites of each other so boy girl, um, and my boy was adventurous for a while, and now he's like meat and potatoes. And my girl will eat anything like mm -hmm. she would rather order sushi or shrimp or salmon or like 
all kinds of stuff and she will try anything. Um, she doesn't like mashed potatoes, which is weird because oh, what kid doesn't like mashed so... potatoes? My son right? won't eat French fries. I mean, what okay, kid won't see? eat French fries? Yeah, like that's my kids, my, that's yeah. the only potato they will eat is French fries. <laughs> French fries. Like if I made something else potato that even had a similar consistency, let's see, like a wedge or like even tater tots, like they're oh, just like, no, tots? I'm not going to eat this. I just, so just weird. French fries. And I'm like, you know, it's like, essentially the same thing right yeah, it's still potato deep fried like it's like it's it's the presentation isn't this it isn't, a, like a crime in anywhere chicagoland to not, not eat tots? Eat tots? I, I know i mean you know yeah, i just of. try not to go into situations where i'm faced with that publicly so no one knows that <laughs> yeah, is that, that's fair uh i have a third child so my 10 year old is autistic and historically a lot of kids who are autistic only eat five things that kid eats every vegetable known to man like he will eat a head of cauliflower for dinner if i let him like all the vegetables super weird Um, (laughs) so my kids are all all over the board with what they but he will not eat chicken nuggets at all won't touch them Hmm. like i mean he's a texture yeah, it could be a texture thing for him. I mean, yeah. the nugget is not the natural form. Of- yeah, maybe no. he just senses that. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's as not. someone who would eat a lot of vegetables, <laughs> I would, I could see how you would then yeah. turn away a chicken nugget. Yeah, he's not, not a fan. So, but well, what is your favorite food beer pairing? Do you have like a grilling in the backyard on a Saturday afternoon beer and something? Yeah. I mean, it's Memorial uh, Day coming up, so. I know, yeah. Uh, I do like to grill. I'm not a big meat person, per se. I'm more of a, uh, I, I like seafood more. Okay. Um, and I, I do over-index on, on hops. So if you if you look <laughs> into my fridge and we get, we I don't have a lot of other breweries, beers in there, but occasionally, you know, uh, I'm friends with a lot of the, uh, when, when we are lucky enough to get out there, every brewer uh, trades Oh, oh, sure. Yeah, that way we can kind of spice up our fridge with something new. Uh, but I'm not really that adventurous. I'm always trading my IPA for their IPA. And then I get a <laughs> new IPA. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't really have like a go to. I mean, uh, my, I, I like uh, I like every form of IPA. So, you know, we make uh, daytime, which is a, a low ABV uh, mm-hmm. session. I found that those are great during the day when you want to make sure that you're setting yourself up for having a good night. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, you know, the, the, the classic IPA, a little something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you go to the, mm-hmm. the higher octane, like uh, Maximus. And then there's Waldo, which is like, Waldo should come with like a, uh, a warning, warning letter. Like, yep. yeah. yeah, like. <laughs> that stuff will get you. Lit with somebody. <laughs> and But it's actually an amazing food pairing uh, because it's so... Uh, big and it has so much flavor it it really does pair and my thing to do with the waldo is to uh, split it up into a bunch of really small like those little those wine glasses that you would do sherry in Mm -hmm. uh, and and then to uh, enjoy it with some like really nice cheeses and i know i find that like like blue cheese is one of those things that you can you can split a crowd down the middle it's either nope or it's yep it's freaking like I'm a yes and Kara I'm a yes but I agree oh. with you it is very divisive that cheese I don't well, know we're what all it is foodies right so we all I, love yeah. but a good uh blue cheese what you guys are pretty close to the the cheese capital state right yep. Wisconsin. oh yeah Wisconsin <laughs> yep and you know get a good blue cheese and and try that on a on a neutral 
uh, cracker. When I say neutral, I mean something that's not impregnated with tons of herbs and rosemary. Sure. And yep. I feel like those kind of crackers get in the way. And try that with a Waldo. That is to me uh, sublime. The way that, that they great. work. That yeah. does sound great. I'm a. Uh, I love. I, I like even when we go out to meals and stuff. If I'm not like hungry, I I'm I love tapas because I love trying a bunch of different little things instead of one giant meal. So like charcuterie and cheeses mm-hmm. and all of that. Now I'm getting hungry, Jeremy. So. <laughs> I know. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> I don't and know. It's later for, for you guys. It's yeah, we're getting much close. close. It <laughs> I know. I got to think about that. It's maybe some blue cheese. I don't know. <laughs> um. um so is there anyone um, that you have done a collaboration with or would like to do a collaboration with at some point to brew something new and exciting? Uh, we have not been, we're, we're not the ones known as the, the promiscuous collaboration mm-hmm. type. Not really, um, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not, it's not necessarily uh, uh you know, by design or anything. Um, uh, I think that uh, there's there's plenty of breweries I wouldn't mind uh, collaborating with. Um, and and you know, it's funny. I don't, I don't even want to say it because they're gonna they're gonna want to do it. They're gonna call you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel All like right, you know, keep picking that under somebody <laughs> picking somebody bigger or maybe uh, a really well respected brewery in another part of the globe mm-hmm. uh, could be fun. Sure. Um, it's it's uh. It's interesting because we did this thing called the fusion brew and uh-huh. we were doing this before collaborations were even a thing. Mm. And a fusion brew was we picked a, a, uh, a, a wholesaler, a retailer, a home brewer, and just a, a, a beer consumer fan, someone that didn't know anything about brewing, but just liked beer. And they got assigned into these like random groups and then they came here and we would brew a uh, 80 barrel, so that's 160 kegs. Mm-hmm. We would like I would hand them the keys to the brew house, so oh to speak. Oh. Um, and and we did over 25 of these things, and some of them went on oh. to become uh, Lagunitas releases. Like uh, I think the Fusion 20 became Nighttime, which is like our first uh, Cascadian Dark or Black IPA, whatever you want to call it, like a dark. Oh yeah. Style back when that style was having its five minutes of fame yeah uh, ipas yeah 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 we we love to call like trends around here too like we did the sour peak the barrel age peak <laughs> i think we called the seltzer peak um <laughs> we've got a couple uh things going on the hazy peak yeah um, yeah and uh and then you know uh we're, we're we're eyeing suspiciously all of the uh the the trends to say well when is it a you know when is it when is it officially a trend and then when can we start betting on you know when when it's gonna hit its Pop. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lot there's a lot of brewers um that uh i i respect a lot and we did do a collaboration with anchor and okay. uh, for me that was kind of a homecoming because that was the brewery that inspired me to do this in the first place that's and then cool. even yeah. even yeah, even right. cooler was the brewer the head brewer that um that we, i did the beer with I just so happened to be a really uh, awesome friend of mine. Um, oh. Yeah, and he, he's now with uh, New Belgium, but that just made it really fun. It's like you're not really working uh, if you're doing something you love with your with your friends. Yeah, 
And that's, that's the spirit great. of the collaboration, right? Yeah. Well, and I think that's the spirit of the beer, the craft beer community. Like we, Lauren and I talk about this all the time when we talk about breweries, especially like all these little ones that are in the Chicagoland area, you know, there's a lot of collaboration, but it's not even just that. Like you talk about trading beers with brewers and stuff like that. And the way that these individuals, these employees of different companies interact with each other is like completely foreign compared to people who are competing with each other in other industries Mm -hmm. like that's it's very intriguing because you know like like my brother and I run a business together and we don't really collaborate with other companies in the same field the way that people in the beer industry do and and it's just I love that about the beer community I think it's like it's more of a fellowship in a lot of ways um, yes, I know there's competition and obviously, like you said before, maybe nobody went in to get rich, but obviously it's your livelihood and you want to sustain that. So there's a balance there, but I think it's really interesting. Yeah. We tend not to, you know, it, I just came back from, um, the CBC, which was held uh, a stone's throw from you guys in Minneapolis this year. And it was great to see, uh, after, you know, going kind of on hiatus for obvious reasons, uh, the brewers haven't been able to come together. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. Yeah. Uh, people are very uh, collaborative. They share. They're not. They're not so uh, cagey. Um, and really cool to see is is the group has gotten. So my first CBC, and that's the Craft Brewers Conference, okay. uh, mm-hmm. was in 2003. Uh, it was in San Diego, and it was. Oh, I mean, just gonna call it call it out and say it. It was a big group of 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 white dudes. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there was a few, uh, there just wasn't, there wasn't much diversity, let's put it that way. Not a lot of women, uh, not much diversity. And then contrasting that experience to uh, one almost 20 years later, and there's an exciting amount of of, uh, diversity and women. And to me, that is just amazing because the spirit is the same. Everyone's like, don't be a jerk. We're all gonna share, even though we all compete with one another. Mm-hmm. And I do, I do worry because I, I predict that the, that the brewery count um, will probably continue to go up. You know, it, it blows my mind, this statistic. We're at about uh, 9,118 breweries. That was the last one from mm-hmm. uh, the BA. Well, mm-hmm. there's 11,000 wineries. You know, I'm out here in wine country, oh, so I'm really right, sure. sensitive. Wow. Doesn't that really put, put it into perspective for you how much wow. more run room we have? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're just like well, the wineries are really focused in California and even some yeah. in Oregon, but that area, but like breweries are all over the place. Like... Breweries are, are a lot more visible. Cause I don't, mm-hmm. I don't feel those, uh, the fact that there's 11,000 wineries uh, even out here in California, but it tells me that like, you know, okay, it might go to 15,000. It might go to 20. Wow. And I really hope that it can keep uh, that, that nice spirit that you, you know, we're, we're alluding to. Uh, because it, at some point, um, you know, the it's everyone fighting for the same pieces of the same pie, right? Mm-hmm. And at some point, everyone's just going to barely scrape because uh, you know the new model is like you're you're not really a brewery, you're a you're a a bar, right? You're a a restaurant, yeah, a brew pub, yeah, yeah. And that's been a really successful model for uh, a, a lot of folks, but you know, how, how many of them can there be, I guess. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like restaurants. I mean, but it, it is interesting, you know, I feel like 
at least in our area, like it's health, it's competition, but it's also a sense of community, but it's also a healthy competition because you do like so-and-so is making this type of a beer with this adjunct. Um, and it's, you know, someone tries it and they're like, oh, this is really good. I'm going to try and do it better. You know, I'm going to try and do something different or I'm going to try and add something. So I feel like the more kind of exciting, different, unique flavors different people put out, it, it almost helps continue to expand, you know, just the ideas that people have in what can we put in a beer? Like, what can we do? Um, you know, one person starts it and other people try it. And, um, you know, it just continues things growing. Like, it's amazing how many different types of beer, styles of beer, adjuncts that are in beer. I mean, it's ridiculous you could find a beer in every flavor now. Like it's, it's crazy. Absolutely. All the different things yeah. well, that I never thought. Would go everything. Beer. I mean, homebrewers are just anything you can possibly think of, including lots of things that just don't need <laughs> to be. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's, that's all, that's all part of it. Right. Uh, being adventurous. Yeah. Well, and that's the artistry. I mean, that's where you talk about brewing being art. You know, you talked earlier about, about coming to the CFO and wanting to make this beer because you wanted quality and it was exciting to you, but it's also, it's your art. I mean, you're trying to create something that you, that you appreciate and that you find that other people will appreciate. And I think like, like you talk about homebrewers putting anything and everything and it's probably because they have a moment where like the light bulb goes on and they're just like, Oh, you know, it'd be so cool as if I did this with that. And no one is doing that. And why is no one doing that? Well, maybe that's not a good idea. Or maybe, you know, it's too expensive. So when you're talking about a large scale, brewers aren't going to make that beer, you know? And so I think that comes up too. But I like that about brewing is that it's, you've got the artistic side. I mean, obviously there's science. Uh, Art and science, science, all in one. <laughs> I mean, the, whether or not that painting is, a masterpiece or an eyesore, right? It, mm -hmm. it, it, it's it's kind of fun when you divide the room, right? With the, like the blue cheese thing. Sure, uh, yeah. That creates uh, memories, right? Uh, it, it has staying power. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So why don't we open up this last one? Are we ready for that yet? Or do you want to talk a little bit more about some, uh, we got some random questions. We I'll, could open ask the, you. I'll open the peach. Cause I don't know if we're going to get, uh, I don't know if Jeremy's going to get a peach. Do we have, do you a, have peach? a peach? No, I have a peach. Yes. You do. Right. Wonderful. Okay, we're cool. going to open the third in the, uh, disorderly tea house line as of right now, which is peach slice. Um, which I love peach. So I was super excited about this one. Yeah. I do. I think peach is one of those things, actually, you know, that's a little bit divisive. I think people kind of love and hate peach because I've run into people that will die for peach. Like that is their number one favorite thing in the entire world. So I've not had this. <laughs> no, we haven't had this Ooh, one, but um, it smells it, like peach smells good. The aroma is straight up peach. Like you're going to pick peaches in Michigan. Like that's Absolutely. totally what that smells like. Yeah. It is very peachy. Um, I would say it has the uh, comparable flavor intensity uh, to the yuzu. Mm -hmm. So we're creating a little bit more of that uh, perception of sweetness, even though there's no sugar there that's coming from the flavor. Um, and then it's intense, but it's not cloying, right? It, it's mm -hmm. a very uh, um, 
Uh, I mean, I know because I've been very close to this. These are the uh, very uh, high end of the of the flavors, so they're very high quality, very you know, very complex. We're going for white peach here, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. people know there's you know white peach and yellow peach. I actually personally, if I'm gonna buy and eat peaches, I like yellow peaches more. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, white peaches tend to be more uh, tame. I think, mm -hmm. um, more fleshy, not as tart. Uh, yeah. and I think it's a safer play if you're, if you're trying to entertain the peach skeptic, okay. right. Uh, which we're, we're definitely trying to invite someone who maybe peaches is, isn't their favorite thing, mm -hmm. but they, you know, we're going to say, well, try this. Maybe you'll like this. Um, you know, peach tea was, uh, so obvious that we had to do it thirdsies, <laughs> not firsties, right? <laughs> I, you know, yeah, I really, uh, the, the, the aroma of the peach definitely hits you. Um, mm -hmm. and I, it, it does smell just like, you know, you're going and picking peaches. The taste is a little bit more tame. I can definitely see that it's more of that fleshy white peach. I feel like the, yeah, the yellow peaches are more, they're more in your face with that peach sweet flavor mm -hmm. to me. Well, and even this that tartness that. that you brought up, it's a yeah. little, you get more of that with like the yellow peach. I yeah. get like, you mentioned that it's a little more fleshy and I think I get mm -hmm. just like a little more of an earthier, um, you know, not, not so tart, not so sweet. Although I get both of those a little bit, but it's a milder, a little more subtle. This one flavor. comes off, um, even though our sugar content as measured by like a laboratory instrument or like mm -hmm. calories is the exact same across all three. Interesting. It, if someone did like sweet tea, I think this would be the one for them because it, it, yeah. it comes off sweet. Yeah. It you comes know, off sweeter than the others, but comparatively, like, so peach was like a thing like a year or two ago, like a bunch of people made peach flavored all kinds of things, but I feel like they did it on the, peach candy realm yes. so it was much sweeter and it tasted like those like round uh peachio rings. Peach rings yeah yeah and so a lot of people whether there was a couple seltzers or a bunch of beers peach mm -hmm. was like in style but it was very sweet and so you can only drink so much of that overly sweet tart peach like kind of hits you in the back of the jaw sweetness to it um sure. And I really like an actual peach, like to eat a peach flavor. And this is much more subtle of the peach flavor than the like in your face peach candy ones, which seemed to be what was more the rage a bit ago. So this is a nice, I actually, this might be my favorite of them <laughs> because I, I do just really like peach. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's just good. I like the Yuzu one the best, <laughs> <laughs> but I like, I like strong flavors. And, yeah. and I feel that way about beer. I feel that way about coffee. I like beverages all across mm -hmm. the board. I really like strong flavors and not, not to say I don't like complex flavors, but I, I like the more intense flavor and I like, like the, the yuzu thing. a lot. I like all of them. They're really good. And like I said, I'm not really a tea drinker and I don't, I mean, even in alcohol, there isn't a lot of stuff that I drink that kind of carries over into this sort of thing and I like these very much I would absolutely put a case of them in a cooler 
for a pool party and enjoy well, them not just with the guests but like for warmer, myself so i know right we're gonna have time. that someday just, yeah. just think about what an upgrade and conversation piece that is from what would typically be found in the in the cooler at the beach or by the yes. pool right it's going to be a bunch of uh-huh you know yep, seltzers know. <laughs> that's typically what you yes. find that's what the and this is just so much more uh, a premium. And uh, mm -hmm. there, there's a lot of good stories here too. The Guayusa tree is a rainforest rehabilitation mm -hmm. tree because it's not a row oh. crop. So places okay. that have been clear cut that they're trying to restore the rainforest, they, the first thing uh, that they're, they're gonna plant that could have an economic value is, is Guayusa. Oh, and then cool. it's, it's uh, hand farmed, hand picked. So it's putting a lot of indigenous people uh, uh, to work and they, they are very uh, happy to be doing something that's tied to them. Uh, I do have one uh, funny story that I just remembered about peach tea. So my son, I gave him the, uh, the Star Wars Lego and it came with R2-D2 and he couldn't remember what R2-D2 was called when he was four. Mm -hmm. And he calls, it called him peach tea. So to this day, R two D two is Peach T. Whether whether or not he's playing with the Legos or uh, we're watching it on the TV, he's like, "Oh look, it's Peach T." Oh, that's <laughs> so funny. I love little things like that. I know my kids have had things where they've misnamed. You know, they oh, we call keep something a journal. by the wrong name. We have a whole journal of everything that he's ever said that amused us. So that um, you know, I love when, that. He's, when he's eighteen and brings the girlfriend to dinner, I can just bust out the, you know you know profoundly embarrass him which is my 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 goal as a old dad i mean i, I think, think that's, that's our yeah our role it's kind of our job right like i feel <laughs> oh, like yeah. that's part of the job description for sure so all right well let's wrap up a little bit what what let's talk about things that you like to do when you're not brewing or not at lagunitas so like what kind of things outside the beer world do you enjoy doing in your free time uh i like to I like to be outside. I like to, uh, you know, camping, hiking, kayaking. I love water. Um, I'm musical. Uh, I think it's like required or in your blood when you're born in Tennessee. So oh. I, I play musical instruments and um, yeah, I like to uh, hang, hang out with my family and uh, go and find uh, adventures. I, I'm not a planner and I'm I'm told this is a problem, but I like to just <laughs> see where the the day or the adventure or the week or whatever it is uh, will will take me. And I've always found that that that's usually very very uh, rewarding. So, mm. um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm the opposite. We're planners. <laughs> yeah, We're totally planner. planners. But my but... husband is a lot like you, and and I have had days where we've done something where it's sort of like, well, let's just see what, you know, let's go do this thing. And we'll I think see it's what a guy thing. You know, I think, <laughs> I think guys, it's not that we're lazy and that's why we don't like the plan. It's like the planning just puts a little box around the, 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 mm -hmm. what, what could be, you know, and mm -hmm. sometimes when you, uh, it's not, it's not that you say yes to everything. It's like, you kind of, you got to go into Labrador mode, right? Where you're just going <laughs> to kind of sniff and feel sniff things out. out the way that an animal would. Sure. Um, what draws but, you. Right, right. And, and, uh, and, you know, the world can be a really fun playground. Yeah. My, my husband is also not a planner at all. He, um, he rides a motorcycle and once or twice a year, he will go on a vacation just by himself or with buddies. And I'm like, where are you going? He's like, 
I don't know whichever direction it's not raining tomorrow and he'll just get on his motorcycle <laughs> and follow wherever that is and figure it out as he goes. Yeah. I know I'll you guys want some rain. rain. Yeah, we have 42 would, days of rain. We would send it your way happily. Yeah. We've had we my backyard was literally flooded. So I now I'm ready for sun. Yeah. Yes. So So yeah, what did definitely. you want to be when you grew up? So you talked about, you know, being a free spirit. What yeah, did you want to you be? You know, I haven't uh I, I I haven't grown up yet. Um, oh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I went through a, a profound crisis of what what I wanted to do. I think I'm perfectly okay with being a, a brewer. I was at one point I would thought I was going to be a veterinarian. So I like animals. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Then it was like a physical therapist, and I'm like now I'm just like a veterinarian for people in a way or something, um, mm-hmm. or you know for, for people who hurt themselves. Um, and I was like I don't really want to do that and then I went to school for psychology uh and then it all just landed on 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 Brewer uh I did ask my son what he wants to be uh, and he told me Santa Claus he wants to be Santa that's good little does he know little does he know so much work I know should be (laughs) I know that's that's what I want to it's it's just a lot of work you know all that breaking and entering and (laughs) that is true When my son graduated from preschool and both of my boys actually had really good answers. They asked them, what do you want to be when you grow up? And my older son said he wanted to be a Jaguar. Oh, nice. And I was like, that's good. That's pretty good. That's like a top of the food chain creature. I could take that. And then my other one just said he wanted to be a parent. He wants to be a dad. I was like, oh my goodness, that's adorable. (laughs) It is adorable, but... They came from completely different places. Uh, yeah, my, <laughs> I love um, both their answers. My twin boy wanted to be, I don't know what he wants to be now, but he wanted to be a monster truck driver for a bit. Oh, and my good. daughter has always been slightly more ambitious. She wants to work for NASA and be a robotics engineer. She does not want to go into outer space because she doesn't want to meet aliens, but she wants to build the robots that go into outer oh, space. Okay, well, that's so. Fair. Yeah. Appreciate there's, aliens from there's a There's got to be a monster truck driver that went on to, to go to NASA. Right? Like, I feel <laughs> right? like there's some engineers work together there. on that. <laughs> yeah, so those two... That's uh, apparently... Aren't the aliens here? I don't think we have to go. You might want to yeah, give her can... an update, right? It's all over the news. <laughs> I do have to let her know that they're already here. So right? you don't have yeah, to worry go. about yeah. going yeah. elsewhere to find them. <laughs> so, uh, all right. What? So I have a, I have a question. And maybe you might have to think on this and you might not have an answer. Um, if you could drink a beer with any person, dead or alive... They don't have to be connected to the beer industry or anything. A historical figure, an actor, Abraham Lincoln. It, yes. <laughs> Who would it be? And would you drink something in particular? Doesn't have to be beer either. It could be coffee or a glass of wine or. Oh yeah, this one's a. Uh, this one's pretty easy. I would probably go with Albert Einstein. Mm. Nice. Um, That's good. J- just so if he if he tried to school me, I could be like, "Who do you think you are, Einstein?" <laughs> I could, I could let him good. know you know, what, what, what we've done, but I think it would be really cool. And I, I would picture that he would probably want, because wasn't he born in Vienna? He'd probably want a nice Vienna lager. That's um, true. Yeah. You're or, or, you right. know, he's probably a lager guy. Uh, and then I would have an IPA and, um, you know, everything that I've, I've, I've read, he was a kind of a, a profound 
kind of spiritual individual. So I think it would okay. be, the, I think it would be good conversation. That's, That's good. I like that. Those are good yeah, characteristics for a conversation with anyone you know, what would they drink and, and the conversation, the quality of the conversation. That's good. Oh yeah. That would be definitely spot. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. I like it. So, um, if you, if your child decided to want to do something different and follow in your footsteps to go into the beer or beverage industry, what advice would you have for them? Or would you even say, don't do it? You know, it's funny because uh, uh, he, I gave him a tour of the brewery recently. The first thing he tried to do, he's really into Legos right now. And he said, Dad, I'm going to build the brewery. I'm <laughs> Lego brewery. It. Mm-hmm. And I got to be thinking about how, how, how difficult it would be to make those, those, uh, those cylindro conical tanks, you know, out of oh, Legos. With Legos. That would be, uh, <laughs> that, that would require be some real, uh, uh, but he is kind of uh, fascinated. I have no, I, I'm not against it. Um, I just really, you know, I want, I want him to be him. I'm kind of in a, I'm a big fan of letting kids be kids mm-hmm. and uh, not trying to put too much expectation on them. I'm already seeing where his uh, strong points are, which right now it appears to be math and numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he, he can do division and multiplication uh, at five, but he's he's still not reading books, right? No, um, my uh, eight-year-old's a, like that. He's, he's a better now, guy. but <laughs> yeah. uh, as long as he doesn't decide to become some sort of a fierce numbers guy, um, <laughs> I think I'll be proud. But I'm not I'm not against it. Probably, you know, at age five, it's probably just like way too early because he's still telling oh, yeah. Santa Claus, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm still here in Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, there's many, many, many years of experience, life experience to get to where they will decide. I mean, again, I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up, and I'm right. gonna be 40 this year, so like they've got lots of time. <laughs> yeah, you got plenty of time to figure it out. Yeah, there's no rush, Lauren. You're no, good. no, I'm fine. We'll get, good. You'll get there. Yeah. We'll figure it out. This is just, this is pretending until I, I maybe I'll never get there. I'll just pretend yeah. it's totally fine. You know, <laughs> Lauren and I sometimes talk about other parents' perspectives. You know, we, we had an episode recently where we talked about like judgmental parents where they, they look at what you're doing or how your kids are doing or what their progress is. And they kind of make a judgment and, you know, whether or not that's their place. And I think about that with talking about your kid's future, like your kid's five, I've even my almost 11 year old will tell you he wants to be a singer when he grows up. And I'm not going to tell my 11 year old that that might be really hard to do as a, as a career, I'm going to support him enjoying whatever makes him feel good, you know, and allow that path to take him, you know, wherever it takes him, because maybe someday he starts writing music or maybe someday he does sing or maybe it's his favorite pastime or and if I were to deter him now no you can't do that you'll never get a job doing that I would Mm -hmm. never say that I mean just to do what you enjoy you want to be a professional soccer player you've never played soccer before go (laughs) ahead man have fun (laughs) remember there's uh no there's no bad kids only only bad parents yes oh I believe that definitely unfortunately the older my kids get I feel like the more I've noticed that you interact with that yeah we try our best we try our best so um all right 
I'm going to continue drinking the peach. Kara will continue drinking the yuzu. Why don't we ask our movie question as kind of yes. our wrap up? Kara, this is your favorite so, question. So, yeah. So, Lauren and I did an episode a while back where we made this list of questions. And it's actually based on another podcast that we had listened to where you ask these variety of questions what's your favorite movie? What's the best movie? What's the scariest movie? All these questions. And one, the last question in that podcast, and the last question we asked each other in our episode was if you died tomorrow and you could bring one movie with you to share with others in the afterlife, what would it be? That's really hard. <laughs> so it's got to be something, you know, doesn't have to be the best movie you've ever seen. It's oh, got to yeah. be the one no. you want to share with people. Oh, it's a, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of sad and kind of awesome, but I think it's going to have to be Mars Attacks. Oh, <laughs> wow. that is kind of awesome. That is definitely <laughs> unexpected. Never. No. Well, no. <laughs> and the podcast where he asked the questions of everybody on it, it, I've never heard anyone say Mars Attacks. I love that. That's great. <laughs> why? Go ahead and tell us your reason why. Uh, well, I mean, didn't it please you when you got to see like all of Congress get vaporized in one second? Mm. And then I mean, like the head like... become a chihuahua. Yeah, right. You no, know, when they did That's the head swap great. thing. Yep. I feel like I have to go back and watch it based off of our current environment, like Jack the, the world as, as president. I mean, I yeah, can't go wrong good, with right? that. You really Everything can. about it. It's, and it's just like the whole thing is, is, uh, it, it you know, it's just so ridiculous, but at the same time, it's satire, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And, uh, and, and kind of similar to uh, if you've seen Don't Look Up. Uh, uh, I have, actually. We watched mm-hmm. that recently. That's a great movie, but it just doesn't have the firepower that you get from Mars Attacks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I agree completely. Like, I, yeah, and it, it's, it doesn't have, well, and I love Tim Burton, too, so, like, just... I um, I think that, and I think the cast in Mars Attacks was great. I have to go back and rewatch this now. It's been yeah, about- definitely. just the, just the way the aliens, uh, <laughs> just the way they talk is pretty hilarious. <laughs> so you're really going to bring some comedic relief to the afterlife, but along with that, just uh, a different way of looking at things. And I mean, I'm going to hedge my bets that somebody else that's there probably picked you know the titanic or oh sure right you or know uh, and and fellas uh, or something yeah, like that godfather <laughs> i'm gonna yep, yep. we're gonna need something like like that and um you know if you'd asked me when i was my son's age i would have said uh, goonies oh, oh yeah. that's a great sure, movie right? yep well yep. in five years from now maybe your answer is different right i mean true could be you know yeah. or, or five years earlier may have been a different answer i think that's absolutely the case you know well, now that they make kids movies that are also for us uh-huh. you know like we just watched uh soul that's that movie oh, mm-hmm. i love that movie that's one of my favorites recent kids movies mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. i like the sonic movies a lot those oh, really do i haven't gone there yet oh you should see the sonic movies you don't have to love sonic the video game i mean that's a bonus if you're slightly familiar with that but like it's just so funny. It's just so funny. And the story is actually pretty good, which is occasionally even ones that cater to adults a little bit. You kind of don't really get much of a plot, but the Sonic movies are really good. <laughs> I well, highly I recommend. Read, I, I read to my son every night and he he was going through the uh, the bad guys kick. So we checked out oh, yeah. that movie 
surprisingly uh, very good. So yeah, yeah. Lauren and but I you, saw it with our kids. Saw it with our kids. Yeah, like yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was good. My kids loved it. They talked about it nonstop. It was good. Yeah. And who would have thought, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago that you'd, we'd be sitting here talking about all these kids' movies. I know. That, yeah. While drinking, is... while drinking alcohol. While, while drinking right? alcohol. Yep. I did not yep. know this was coming. <laughs> but I like it. I like where yeah. we're at. So this has been great. So, well, thank you for joining us yeah, and for so teaching us a lot about the tea and all kinds of different things. This was fantastic. And telling us a little bit about your origin story and uh, reminding me I need to go rewatch Mars Attacks. So. Yeah. Ooh. And I have one thought. We were talking about uh, food and the tea. And I actually thought you could probably marinate chicken wings in this peach tea mm. and they would be they would okay. be really good people talk about marinating chicken wings in like coca-cola and stuff like that I so i that. have to i don't do that but all I right have to well, assume if you can do stuff like that you could probably find something better that might mm. flavor i was chicken. thinking maybe like pork though i feel like the pork, oh, yeah, and the pork peach might be good. all right we'll reevaluate and give an update on <laughs> i just had can, to share that i thought of it and of... i didn't <laughs> What kind of food things we can yeah. do with Think this. about it, yeah. All right. The user would work for that. That, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, we've got homework, guys. So I'm going to, I am going to make some like, maybe some like Greek chicken wings with Ooh. some yuzu, maybe something okay. like that. All right. That might be good. All right. Homework. Report back. <laughs> Will do. Thanks, All Jeremy, right. for joining yeah, us. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate yeah, it. Much appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks much. Been fun away from uh, work. <laughs> that's all that's never a bad thing right so yeah fantastic all right well enjoy the rest of your day and thanks for joining us yep. all righty guys have a good dinner thanks oh, thank yes. you cheers <laughs> bye cheers bye thanks everyone for listening to the latest musings from parenting by the pint be sure to find us on facebook twitter and instagram and make sure that you rate review and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts have a great week and cheers to you all. 